The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hardly Kayfabe. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Towns, and I'm joined by today by Mr. Sir Dr. Christopher Chavez. That is me. <laughs> uh, Matt's not with us today. We released him from the. No, that's not right. I can't do that. <laughs> too soon. That's way it's, too soon, dude. Way, way too, too soon. Um, I loved how last time I was buried alive. He's again. on furlough. <laughs> yes, he is on furlough. Um, no, man, it's that's horrible, man. Yeah, Matt couldn't make it today. Unfortunately, he had some technical difficulties. So while he's pile driving a microphone uh, in his basement, we decided to freebird it and move along with the show. That's right. That's right. So, of course, I would dare say that the past couple days, and it's not really over yet. Because the rumors are there's going to be more coming. But the past couple of days, would, like when you look back on this in wrestling history, probably one of the darker days, especially in WWE history. What do you think? Yeah, this one's pretty intense, dude. I don't think we have anything on this magnitude that affected so many wrestlers at one time at all in the history of, of professional wrestling. I really don't feel like we've had this. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And, of course, what we're talking about is as of this recording, and like I said, there could be more, and there probably will be more. Yes, today's April 16th, 2020. Yeah. Uh, WWE released a bunch of people, uh, both backstage and uh, in, for, in camera people, you know, wrestlers and such, uh, all got released or were put on furlough, as they say. Mm-hmm. I never feel like I'm saying that word right. <laughs> furlough. Yeah. This is spelled weird and everything, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that really just happened, Chris. You said you got the list in front of you. Who all the in ring oh, talent was? Man, so yeah, basically what ended up happening. This was yesterday. It happened earlier in the day. Vince McMahon held a conference call with the WWE employees and told them, as a result of the global pandemic, cutbacks were coming across the board, and he said that talent would be reached by text message, um, some by phone, but mostly by text message or messaging. Uh, which is kind of weird, man. You know what I mean? Why not have a big Zoom conference? I guess he didn't want to have to face them face-to-face. Uh, it's a tough time, man. It is a tough time, and he had to let some people go, and he's got to let, and he's got to put some on furlough. So this is currently, as of um, as of yesterday, 6.07 p.m., because I don't think there was many other releases uh, said today. Uh, April, as of April 15th, 6.07 p.m., this is what's happened. WWE released a whole host of their staff so far. Here's the list in full. Uh, Drake, Ma- I'm, I'm going to give you their gimmick names. Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater, Aiden English, Eric Young, EC3, Leo Rush, Kurt Angle, Sarah Logan, Mike Chioda, Primo, Epico, Rowan, Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis, Zach Ryder, No Way Jose, Rusev, Diana Parazzo, 
and Alexander Jack Jacksic Jacksic. Yeah, he's sure. an NXT guy, I believe. Uh, NXT announcer Jerry Soto um, <laughs> announced that he had been placed on furlough leave. Uh, a lot of NXT talent are being provided 30 days of pay and then are free to do whatever they want. Nine backstage producers have been put on furlough leave. Um, Some big names of that, too, that you would recognize because they're former uh, wrestlers like, uh, you know, uh, Shane Helms, Billy yep. Kidman. Yep. Mike uh, Rotunda. Fit Finley. Lance Storm. Uh, Scott yep. Armstrong. Pat Buck. Yeah. Bill, you said Billy Kidman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three performance coaches have been placed on, on leave. Ace Steel, Serena, Deeb, and Kendo Kashin, Kish, whatever. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Andrea Listenberger, the, one of their writers was confirmed on her Twitter that she had been released. Um, dark day, dude, because you know, I'm a huge on, if you follow my rest my, my Twitter, uh, it's basically wrestling. It's wrestling and music. And then once in a while, I feel like posting my own kind of whimsical thoughts. And, uh, yesterday was probably the darkest, my, my, my timeline has been since like the covid thing i gotta be honest with yeah. you man everybody on there because it's it's coming from everybody all kinds of indie wrestlers all kinds of uh, you know the pros themselves what a sad day it was a very very sad day uh in in the sport just kind of like a dark cloud and it's really strange too i mean the timeline of this is very odd to me i mean he just folded xfl basically mm-hmm. i mean he hasn't he it, lost it, a lot it, of money it declared bankruptcy and then after that, uh, uh, they WWE gets considered essential business in Florida. Yeah, and there's a lot behind this that I, that I found out. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, Chris, but their deal, WWE's deal with USA and with the Fox networks, is that they can only do so many pre-taped shows. Most of them have to be live. Ah, uh. and if they do more that are then the contract allows of pre-taped shows and then those two companies are allowed to restructure the contracts business as usual yeah so like these like uh, these companies couldn't just say hey we realize this is a weird time so we're not going to hold you to this contract just for the safety of I'm going to tell you talent. this everything i heard everybody involved with this sounds dirty to me <laughs> right uh, yeah i mean uh, Vince man just sounds cuz they have this is no lie either. They have tons of money backed up. Like they put some in, I guess what we call a savings. And yeah. on top of that, uh, even if they had kept all these people with the trajectory they're going on now and they hadn't let any of these people go, they still would have made a profit this year. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think so. So they, they were, no, it's, that's, uh, I saw that on many different sites. People were reporting that. So, uh, it's really strange to me. Um, and it sounds really gritty cause, I mean, we all know that WWE was hoarding talent like mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, they really built up their talent. They had it was it was a uh, fool's riches of how much amazing talent they had at one point. So we discussed um, Brody Lee's appearance on Chris Jericho's podcast. I did l- end up listening to it; absolutely phenomenal. And he goes on the record to say that they offered him a an obscene amount of money just to stay home, just to stay home. That, yeah. That's money, okay. <laughs> yes. That's money. Okay, how much did they pay Goldberg to come back? Uh, he got paid. I think the reported number was about two million dollars just from one match. <laughs> there you go. That's money, bro. 
Yeah. And Brock Lesnar's deal is ridiculous as well. There you uh, go. How about restructure some of those contracts? I mean, you know why, because they, he knows those are the draws. If you look at that list of names, there are a couple that are surprising. They really are, right? Like, for me, Rusev was kind of surprising, but I've been away from it for a while, so maybe not. Um, you know, but Luke Gallows well, me, and yeah. Carl Anderson? Yeah, those are surprising, too. But the Rusev one shocked me more so that uh, his wife wasn't let go, just him. Mm-hmm. They keep, they're keeping his wife around, apparently. Dude, you know what I'm as, hoping? As of, right, as of right now. Yeah, I'm hoping that... Because you know every time they do these stupid angles where they take a real-life couple and act like something's going on and, and create this yeah. adulterous thing, unfortunately, it seems to play itself out. I hope that's not a sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's pure speculation. but Easily, easily. Uh, Leo Rush. So there's some good that comes out of it. Guys like Leo Rush and EC3 who have kind of been squashed and not been allowed to show their talent can now go out and do what they need to do. Yeah, which was weird because... I'm not even exactly a Leo Rush fan, but he was put on some really good matches. Yeah, no, the dude is is mad talented. Yeah, he's very good. And I know for a fact when he was in TNA, because I've told you guys this a lot, and you just couldn't see it because of how he's been used, that EC3 is very, very good. Uh, but you definitely couldn't tell that from what he did in WWE. Um, you couldn't tell that at all, because hmm. they just didn't use him. And he barely even got to speak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was really strange. Um I dare say that uh, one thing a lot of people noticed was most of these releases were from uh, Raw and NXT, and it's like uh, anybody from SmackDown hasn't really been touched yet. Yeah, right. It seems like they started going through the roster, and that's the first wave. We might be getting another wave. I don't know what it'll be today. It's probably going to be tomorrow because today was more sad news, right? Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. I wanted to bring up Drake Maverick real quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. Out of all the people who had very, uh, I thought, uh, well, you know, yesterday was a dark day, I agree with you, but also, it was encouraging to me to see these wrestlers and all these people who had jobs there getting a lot of encouragement, too. Yeah. On top of that from people. Uh, but, you know, Matt kind of said, hey, we need to look at what Drake Maverick posted. And, you know, that guy also never really got a chance, I felt. I mean, he was used somewhat, especially in 205 Live, but... I knew for a fact that that guy could talk. He's a really good talker, and he's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you probably wouldn't know that from WWE. I mean, I would dare say most people know him from the fact that he peed his pants on that one in that one. Oh match. God, yeah. and that's the worst, man. Right? Like, yeah, I remember when that happened. We, we definitely talked about it and had some opinion on how like it just felt ridiculous. It felt like Vince Russo days, and it was like it was so ridiculous. Um, yeah, and but to he, hear the to hear the passion that he had, yes. in this video. It's heartbreaking, me, though, you know? Yeah, it's heartbreaking, but also shows to me how good this guy could be. Like, mm-hmm. if he's just given a chance, he obviously loves it. He obviously has a passion for it. And he was legit heartbroken. I mean, how can you not want to root for this guy now? I agree. After watching that. I agree. Yeah, there was a lot of of responses, you know, a lot of encouraging things. A lot of people, you know, hold your head up. Um, you know, I saw yeah. Jim Ross put out a couple things. Well, an interesting thing that I saw, did you see Cody Rhodes? He tweeted uh, his response to Zack Ryder's release. Yes. And all it was was a gif of Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship. He did more than that on uh, on Instagram. Oh, he really? Whole, I didn't see that. Yeah, he had a whole post of just writing all these things about, about uh, well, Matt is his real name. Yeah. Uh, about him. Very glowing, too. Apparently, he thinks very highly of him. And that's another surprising one. Literally, Zack Ryder had been in WWE for 14 years. Wow. And then he just let go. Uh, wow. Yeah, so 
I I don't think all these people will show up in AEW, but no. I would not be shocked if some do. Yeah, I feel like we're going to see a few of them. Not all of them. Um, I could probably see Gallows and Anderson ending up there. Yeah, I think Zack Ryder might end yep. up there. Uh, also would also dare say the revival would end up there though they were they were kind of let go before all this yeah but, yeah uh, I, I would say that they will they'll show up there easily yeah um what do you but, think about ec3 you think they that's somewhere for him or, or he's gonna go somewhere else i don't know there's a couple of them where i'm not sure uh ec3 and heath slater are two guys i really like but i don't know where they kind of fit in um but i'm sure they'll figure it out but you know you got this big uh, big ridiculous money-making machine that's wwe that's letting wrestlers go and then you turn around and you hear about other companies who are much much smaller wrestling companies and they're trying to even uh, i think ring of honor even was trying to pay their talent for a show that they didn't even get to have because yeah. i know this is a tough time and ring of honor makes nothing compared to wwe uh and then uh the all the pro wrestling in the japan do you see this in japan uh all the pro wrestling leagues there you know, like the ones that we know, and then a bunch of the other ones got together to, I don't know what it's called in Japan. It's like their Congress, but I can't remember what it's called. Mm -hmm. Forgive me. I'm very ignorant with that stuff. But uh, just a plea uh, about the safety and of everyone, not just wrestlers. And they themselves said, hey, uh, we love this. This is our, uh, our livelihoods and stuff, but uh, we want everybody in Japan to be healthy before we even talk about having wrestling matches. Again. Yes. Yes. Because I'll tell you, I think, I don't know if we did discuss this, but I feel like wrestling would have been just fine. You could, there's so much content that they could yeah. have, they could have just used this time now to expose more people to older stuff and older legends and matches that you never would have witnessed before. Now that you have the time here, it is. And yeah, I think it's all, it's all TV contracts too. Yeah. They got, they got to keep those going because I think if it wasn't for that, and let's just say, this never would have happened. But let's just yeah. say WWE just said, hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to, like all the other, uh, they consider themselves, you know, sports entertainment. But all the other sports have basically stopped right now while we're dealing with this. There's no new uh, basketball games. There's no new football games or any of that stuff going on or soccer. It's all stopped. What if WWE decided, hey, we're going to do that? Guess what? When they did come back, I guarantee the ratings would be through the roof. Yeah. You know, because it needs a break. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But and I also feel like, um, you know, it used to be back in the day, if you weren't on TV, uh, you fizzled out. Right. You would you can get all the push you want. You can have all the heat you want. But if you were not exposed enough, you lose it. You lose out on it. You fizzle out. Right. Nowadays, with Twitter and Instagram and social media and YouTube at your fingers, it just doesn't feel like that's a possibility anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like if you know, if you know how to take control of your, your career and, and the angle of your gimmick and your character and develop it in a way, and then start to utilize all these different pieces of technology, you're relevant. You'll stay relevant. Yeah. Ronda Rousey has yeah. been gone yeah. for how long she opened up her mouth over this past weekend and it set the entire wrestling world on fire. Yes. Yeah. One tweet, point, dude. Yeah. One tweet where she calls wrestling fake, which to me is like, come on, really? You're going to take that? That's the kind of heat you're going to try to pull the the, the age old, uh, yo, wrestling's fake kind of thing. Come, get out of here, Rhonda. Get out of here. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I didn't care one way or the other, to be fair. <laughs> exactly. But my point is, is that she, you not having been in the spotlight for more than a right. year, utilized instant message or, or social media and was again in the spotlight instantaneously. So it's there's, possible there's to There's way more... There's, you, the word that you used that I really liked was relevant. There's way more 
ways in today's era for a wrestler or honestly anybody to stay more relevant than there ever was before. Agree. So I feel like using this saying, you know, they have to be here. They have to be here for that. And I know it's about the contracts for TV. But overall, you know, there's got to be something that you work out for the safety of people and to set an example, right? Like you want to set an example for the people. There's kids that look up to these guys. When these kids see that these guys aren't wearing masks and they're still wrestling, they're going to think, well, everything should be fine. Why do I have to go outside with a mask? You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're definitely not doing the six-foot rule. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not happening. Not the least. Yeah. Um, now, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't mind seeing some comedy wrestling where they take that into account, and they don't even come yeah. near each other. Six six feet, and it's all like that kind of action. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, but, it's, uh, you, it's you crazy. You alluded to it. Yeah, you alluded to it earlier, though, uh, Chris. is kind of moving forward here. Um, the darkness just continued, and, and sadness just kept going, because today we learned that Howard Finkel passed away. Oh. And I, I don't, I don't have, they said what happened. I I didn't know. I did. I don't know. So I did see this, uh, cause we decided we we're going to do a wrestlepedia. So basically we kind of go over a Wikipedia of a, a wrestling, um, you know, character or, or, uh, personality and just kind of go through their life. So that's what we're going to devote this episode to. But in doing so, I did see at the end there that they said that he had been suffering from a very serious stroke for a year. And was in bad oh. health before he passed away. And I got to tell you, man, it's to me, it is a set. It's sad, man. Howard Finkel was one of those voices. We talk about Mean Gene being yeah. a voice, uh, but Finkel as well. He, I mean, ring announcing, you think bald head, bow tie, you know, little goatee. Yeah. Howard Finkel. Yeah. He's definitely the stereotype for it. That's how good he was. Uh, he also, especially for like you and I and the ages we are, he was really vital to announcing some of these matches that we would watch, you know, introducing these characters that we, that were larger than life for us. Um, man, what, and honestly, also in looking at all the stuff about him that's come out today, uh, he seemingly was beloved, like even backstage, apparently he was one of the nicest guys you can meet. He actually cared. Uh, one of the things that tore me to pieces uh, was Matt had sent it to us. Apparently, oh. um, I'm blanking on who it was. Who was it? It uh, was. Let uh, me look it up. Yeah, bring it up real quick. It was um, Vicky. Oh, Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, Vicky Guerrero. <sighs> yeah, she said this is her. This is her actual. Uh, what she said about it. I'm sad to hear of the passing of Howard Finkel. He was a gentleman and a kind soul. I'll always be debted to him for. This is the part that. Yeah, me. dude. For for escorting Eddie with, from Minneapolis to Phoenix after he passed, when he called me, he said, "I don't want Eddie to be flown home by himself." Man, that's a that's a stand up guy right there. You know? Yeah, I was uh, I was in the middle of a Zoom meeting with work yeah. on video when this came up. So I usually grab my phone and like I'll look at a text or whatever off camera. Like I can they, they see my face, but I'm holding my phone off camera. Right. And so I'm reading that, and then all of a sudden my eyes are starting to water. I'm like, oh, my God, what's, <laughs> I can't do this on a Zoom meeting. I had to put my phone yeah. down. I'm like, what, I, what is going on here? It's so yeah. sad, dude. Like, the dude was a stand-up guy. He was well-loved. If you go again, yesterday, the outpouring of love from Indy and other pros for all, all of these people that lost their jobs was overwhelming. Today, it's all of these people talking about how Howard changed their lives, uh, impacted their lives uh, professionally, personally. It's it, – it's always sad when when one of these guys passes on because they meant something to us. But it's even more sad after the fact when you start to learn more and more about how like good of a person they were. 
Yeah, I think it would have been something else if we'd learned that he was a, you know, like nobody liked him or whatever. But yeah. it's quite the opposite. This guy is beloved. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do a WrestlePedia on Howard Finkel. Uh, rest in peace to him. So let's let's do this. Let's do it. Uh, Howard Finkel was born on June 7th, 1950. Uh, he was an American pro wrestling ring announcer, perhaps best known for his appearances in WWE. I wouldn't say perhaps. He's definitely as best known for that. Uh, he began working for Vince McMahon Sr.'s Worldwide Wrestling Federation, the WWWF, in 1975, making him the company's longest tenured employee and was a ring announcer since 1977. And he's widely regarded as the greatest ring announcer of all time. I would dare say he is. Um, yeah, I I can't even think of anybody who comes close. I mean, not in the not in the wrestling world. Um, the Buffer Brothers maybe in in the other fight world, but yeah, but this guy, dude, there I I really can't I can't think of any announcer in professional wrestling who, uh, yeah, this dude was the man. Oh, a hundred percent. And he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in two thousand and nine. So it's kind of an overview of his life. Let's kind of and, dive into his career. And I believe he was first. the he was the first employee that was not a wrestler, right? That was inducted. I, I, yeah, I believe so. I think that's right. Yeah. Let's get into his career. Uh, Finkel, he's a native of New York, uh, Newark, New Jersey. He was the, here you go. The, he was WWE's first employee after having been first hired in 1975 by Vince McMahon Sr. I did not know that. For what was then known as the WWWF, Finkel debuted as a ring announcer at Madison Square Garden on January 17th, 1977. Dude, can think you imagine about, that? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Think about that. <laughs> His first ring announcing job is at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and even then, it still held that kind of mystique as being, yeah. you know, the place, the mecca That's a for sports. That's deal. Uh, yeah. By 1979, he had become the organization's lead ring announcer for their biggest events. Finkel became the first employee of the WWE in April 1st, 1980, uh, and had been the longest lasting employee until his passing throughout his career, Finkel's distinctive voice was sometimes used in the title sequence for the company's various television programs. His signature call was his announcement of a new champion following a title change in which he would place extra emphasis, emphasis on the word new in, uh, in order to draw the greatest reaction from the crowd. Finkel came up with the, the event name WrestleMania. Wow, dude. Well, what is going huge. on here? I did not know this about him. Okay, so Finkel came up with the event name WrestleMania, as well as Ricky Steamboat's dragon nickname. In 1984, he became WWF's lead ring announcer for television tapings, replacing retired Joe McHugh. During a 2011 interview, he said that he had also played a part in the talent relations and creative departments during the early days. I could see that, man. I mean, yeah. when you're naming WrestleMania, you definitely have some pull in the back <laughs> in the back with the boys. Yeah, you would think so, for sure. Uh, let's see what else here. On January 19th, he was presented a plaque by Gene Okerlund commemorating 10 years of announcing at the Garden. In 93, uh, at a Roman-themed WrestleMania uh, 9, Finkel was introduced in a toga as Finkus Maximus. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that? Uh, in 90, yeah, in 95, he took a seven-month hiatus from the ring announcing on um, pay-per-views and televisions and was replaced by Manny Garcia. He returned full-time at Royal Rumble 96. So he was also in storylines. This is interesting. You want to get into that? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, as an announcer, Finkel was generally separate uh, from the scripted angles. That's right. I rarely ever remember him even interacting yeah. majorly with other wrestlers, just besides announcing them. Uh, but occasionally he became part of the company's storylines. In November of 1990, he played an, a, a tangible role in Kurt Henning defeating Kerry Von Erich to win the Intercontinental Championship. After he accepted a bribe from Ted DiBiase. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. It's all about the money, money, money. 
to let him take over as guest ring announcer for the match. Yeah. Uh, DiBiase would eventually help Henning uh, to win the title by hitting Von Erich with the championship belt and afterwards taunted Von Erich over his defeat. And then, of course, in 1992, saw the beginning of a feud with manager Dr. Harvey Wimpleman. Yeah, I remember this. You remember the Wimpleman? Yeah. Uh, who would regularly complain about Finkel's announcing. In 92, Finkel was attacked by Wimpleman's wrestler uh, Kamala at WrestleMania 10. Uh, Wimpleman berated Finkel and tore off part of the announcer's tuxedo. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who finally retaliated by <laughs> pushing the man. I'm really good at pronouncing stuff. <laughs> who finally got his comeuppings by pushing the manager to the ground. This led to Fingal's first match. Oh man. January 9th, 19. We need to go back and watch. That. Yes. Cause I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen him in a match. I vaguely, vaguely remember this. I don't. Uh, January 9th, 1995 on Monday night raw. He won a tuxedo match over Wimpleman by stripping him up <laughs> to his underwear. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, Finkel uh, became involved. I must have Finkel, man. <laughs> Finkel became involved in a feud between X Pac and Jeff Jarrett when Jarrett shaved the already near bald Finkel's head. This feud uh, ended in a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam 1998 when Finkel in the corner of X Pac. X Pac won the match and Finkel assisted him in cutting Jarrett's hair. I do remember yeah. this. I do too. You want to take over from there? Let's go. In August 1999, he became a lackey of the recently debuted Chris Jericho. Uh, on August 26th, during the pilot episode of SmackDown, Jericho encouraged Finkel to attack SmackDown announcer Tony Ch- Chimel? Chimel? I don't know how to say that name. And take back his place as lead announcer. Finkel ran down the aisle shoving Chimel and ordering him to step aside. <laughs> I haven't seen that either. I'd love to see that. As Finkel starts to announce, Chimel threw Finkel from the ring. While Jericho helped Finkel to, to, to the back, they crossed paths with Ken Shamrock, who jostled with Jericho. Jericho convinced Finkel to distract Shamrock during a match, so I guess that sets up that that little feud there. Um, he's definitely getting involved in these now, right? Several weeks later, oh, yeah. he adopted the role of El Dopo, a masked referee who unfairly officiated a Shamrock match, awarding the win to Curtis Hughes. Uh, October 14th episode of SmackDown, Jericho defeated Hughes with the help of Finkel, but gave Finkel to Chris, Curtis Hughes after the match. Four days later on Monday Night Raw, Curtis Hughes bet and lost Finkel in a game of poker to the Acolyte. So he's just like, he's just a, a, a possession now. They're just like passing yeah. him around, <laughs> betting him on poker. <laughs> on a, can you, you, know, you know those scenes in the movie where you don't have any more chips in front of you and they pull, the, you know, you pull your watch off and throw it? Can you yeah, see one of these wrestlers just yeah. kind of turn around and pull him out from underneath the table and put him in the middle <laughs> of the table? Yeah. <laughs> uh, on August 2002 uh, episode of Raw, he turned heel and began a brief feud with ring annou- Raw ring announcer Lillian Garcia over the lead spot be- before both were attacked by three-minute warning. I remember them. warning. Yeah, they're the ones that, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Eric Bischoff would bring out. Oh, and he, he was—he would always allude to him like, "You got three minutes." Yeah, three minute that's right. The following week, Garcia defeated Finkel in an evening gown tuxedo match with the help of Trish Status and Stacy Keebler, who were insulted by remarks made by Finkel. I love that, like he was so beloved, but he's playing this kind of character. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. You want me to, let me go into two thousand a little more. Two thousand. He had taken a lighter schedule with the addition of uh, Lillian Garcia and Tony Kimmel, Chimmel, however you say it. But he, he still announced for some of the pay-per-views, uh, pay-per-view events. 
Uh, by 06, he was rarely heard from even at pay-per-views. However, he regularly announced at house shows and would introduce the WWE Hall of Fame inductees at WrestleMania. Finkel himself was inducted on April 4, 2009 by Mean Gene Okerlund. Because Finkel was one of that year's inductees, uh, SmackDown announcer Justin Roberts replaced him in introducing the group at WrestleMania 25. Uh, Finkel's current television appearances are sporadic. Well, they're not current anymore. Uh, Finkel appeared at every WrestleMania from 1985 to 2016. Yeah, I do remember that he kind of was, uh, he was there and then he was kind of slowly faded out. Disappearing, yeah. Yeah, uh, which I get, which I understood because he was just getting older. Yeah. That's kind of happening. Health um, regions. Finkel did the voiceover in the intro for WWE.com video show, The Dirt Sheet. That's the one with uh, Miz and Morrison when they were first kind of getting started. Mm-hmm. And also conducted interviews for various WWE.com programs. Uh, he was the WWE's chief statistician on September 7th, 2009. He announced in special guest host Bob Barker's The Price is Right inspired segments. He was in the background of the decade of SmackDown celebrations on the October 2nd episode. So they're just kind of going through yeah. and giving little appearances he did after that. They're all just little little things uh, <laughs> that he would do. Uh, like, uh, here's one I remember definitely. In 2014... Finkel was a cast member on the WWE Network origin, uh, reality show Legends House. I've never seen that. You've never seen Legends no, House? No, I'm going to have to now. It's I think it's kind of sad now because a lot of the guys on there have passed away. Oh, but, God. That's horrible. Because yeah. the one I remember distinctly had him, and I think uh, Piper was on there, and uh, and uh, Mean Gene was on there. So uh, He also serves as the off-screen announcer for the network's comedy series, The Edge and Christian Show, hmm. which, in my opinion, is one of the best things that... I've never WWE seen that either. Network. I'm going to have to check it's that so out. It's so good. I didn't, I've really... never really watched much of their original programming. Aside from, like, the three uh, table for three, I love that one. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. the road one, where they go on the... You know, it's them on the road from show to right. show. Yeah, both those are good, too. Uh, his role in announcing the WWE Hall of Fame inductees at WrestleMania passed to other ring announcers uh, beginning in 2017. Uh, on January 22nd, 2018, on the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, Finkel was the announcer to introduce The Undertaker, although it was a recording due to him being unable to attend the event. Hmm. And, of course, he's been doing a lot of backstage stuff for them. Uh, so that's kind of his his stuff. I think we should get into his awards and accomplishments. Yeah, I mean, we you know, we, he held so many different titles, so that's that's an accomplishment accomplishment all on its own. Uh, for a lot of the shows, WWF Superstars of Wrestling, Heat, Bite, Raw, SmackDown, House Shows, Madison Square Garden Shows. Uh, he even you know announced the Hall of Fame inductees. Um, he was also Florida Championship Wrestling ring announcer. His two biggest awards accomplishments, obviously the WWE Hall of Fame Class of 2009. He was also nominated as Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame Class of 2018. And he's actually in, in, inducted, not just nominated. Right, yeah. So and being uh, an over, awesome guy, right? Like the dude w- yeah. sounds like he was just like a really cool, awesome guy. And and the, the the sport of wrestling, two dark days in a row is a little tough, but but losing Fink Fink is is a big deal. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, what a what a legend, you know? What a life! I yeah. bet this guy's seen so many things backstage too. <sighs> that gosh, uh, <laughs> what what. I don't. Did he ever write a book? Because he should have. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. I don't see that he that he has any books or anything out there. But man, yeah, Howard Finkel, man, rest in peace. That was another another great. Uh, I mean, he was older, so you know, not that old. So it's 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 still a kind of gone too soon thing. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, 
just kind of a, to me, he's one of those guys who kind of like Mean Gene, because when Mean Gene passed, I was gutted too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, it's like these guys who you don't even, because they kind of get faded out a little bit. Yeah. But they're still a part of your childhood and growing up. And then when they're gone, you're like, oh my gosh, I just, you can't believe they're gone. Because you always felt they would always be there. Right. Right. It does, it's, it, they kind of exist outside the realm of being a human being right like they're they're they're, yeah. they're not mortal they're, they seem to be they were always there like you said so why would they be gone now so it's it sucks uh, i don't want to l- end on a down note so i, w- I want to say i think um we should definitely watch that january 9th 1995 monday night raw tuxedo match yes. with Finkel yeah. and whippleman and look forward to talking about it in a future episode here so listeners check it out as well um Oh, I want to make an announcement also. Make sure you guys head over to our Facebook page. We have a Hardly Kayfabe podcast page for uh, for Kayfabe. Go ahead and follow it because we're going to be posting um, a list of matches. The, the, I found this on Twitter, um, and I wish I could remember who it is that posted it. But I put it – it was on Twitter, and it's this, this list of matches that's basically matches that you should see. You have to watch these matches. Um and while we're in quarantine, why not, right? So it's called the yeah. Social Distancing Wrestling Checklist. We're going to post it on there. Um, there look, there's a lot of really cool-looking matches on this one. The first one by itself is already intense. Raven Richards versus the Pitbulls, the double dog collar, ECW. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Check it out, and then go ahead and follow along with us. We're going to watch them and start talking about these here in the future as well. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't talk about the latest episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring, but it was also a very good one about uh, about uh, the the death of I can't believe I'm blanking on her name, but the girlfriend of uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Yeah, and the strangest surrounding it. Um, it's it was very good. I do like that they kind of show both sides of this. Uh, they kind of talked to both you know people who proclaim some stuff for Jimmy and people who are like on the, uh, like her family too, which I was very glad that they did that. And I'm very fishy still to this yeah, day. Yeah. And he kind of passed away before anything could really come up. Cause they'd, re- cause they'd reopened the case. <clears throat> yeah. And when he was already in poor health. Uh, so, um, yeah, I encourage this series has been really, really good. I've really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm halfway through that one. I can't wait to finish it. Um, also, make sure you go out and so you know support as many of these indie wrestlers as you can. As you know, it's a dark time, and not everybody's able to do it. So if you can't, you know, take care of yourself first. But if you are able, if you're one of the lucky few to still have a job and have the the kind of fluid cash that you had before this all went down, yeah, you, know, you know, consider helping out some of these indie wrestlers buy some of their merch. And I would say, I mean, as much as pro wrestling tees is awesome and that's available to everyone. Uh, they do take a cut, you know what I mean. They take a cut of what they're selling. So it, I would, I would say, reach out to the wrestler themselves first and see if you can't get it straight from them, uh, and then go ahead and support them through all their other means. Uh, I think most of them use that, and I, I don't mind paying that too because they're also a business, a smaller business trying to survive. Oh, well, there you go. Never mind. Don't yeah. listen to me. Uh, go through pro wrestling <laughs> tees. Uh, I think both are fine though. Uh, trying to do both ways is fine. But also, I want to point out, Chris, we have our own merch now. Oh snap! Uh, we got uh, special edition pins, Harley Kayfabe pins. Yes, Harley Kayfabe enamel pins. Check it out. You'll find them on the on the uh, podcast page. Uh, if not, you can also hit me up on any social media, and I'll make sure to send one your way. 
Um, they're awesome, man. I love I, when they came in. I was just like, man, these are just really cool. I put, I immediately put one up on my board. Sent some out with it to a bunch of people that I that promised some to. Uh, but yeah, we're only selling them for six bucks a piece, uh, plus shipping and handling. So, um, if you're a pen collector or a hardly kayfabe fan or a wrestling fan altogether, trust me, you're going to want to have one of these. Cause once these are gone, this version will be gone. We'll have new additions in the future, but this is the first of the first. And these ones are coming out with old school, uh, wrestling cards as backing boards. Yeah. Smart move there. Uh, so yeah, please, uh, look into that and get yourself a pen. It helps us out so very much. Yep. Uh, we appreciate all the help we can get. Thank you for listening. Uh, Chris, I'm tapping out. What about you? Oh, man. Let's take it home, boys. Oh,